everybody, this is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hey, everybody, this is Tracy Crowley with Good Life Stories. Today, I have the privilege of having my friend Cammie Miller on the show. She is an author, a farmer, a uh, bit of a beautiful pagan, and I can't wait for you to hear her stories. Today, you're going to hear her story about her dream life of being a farmer and what the reality of that actually looks like. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Life Stories. I am so privileged to be getting to talk today to my long friend, longtime friend, Cammie Miller. And I can't wait to talk to her today because what she's got down for her three life stories, I haven't heard. And so there's nothing like sitting with an old friend hearing new stories. So welcome, Cammie. Thanks for joining me. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. As you know, I'm a big chatterbox and I love talking. So this is like perfect. Exactly. So I'm just going to dive right in. And, you know, when we were talking about this, um, you put down for your first good life story you wanted to share your dream farm. So I'm just going to start with that. You know, it's something about blackberries and fences and goats and more blackberries. (laughs) (laughs) So. I was raised as a suburban kid, and but I, I loved animals. Uh, from the time I was little, I always wanted like a horse, you know, buy me a pony. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so when I met and fell in love with my husband who did ranching in Eastern Oregon, I thought, this is perfect. We're going to get a place in the country. And his only caveats is he's never going to do milking ever again. <laughs> so no more milking. Yes. <laughs> and I did not know of what he spoke. I mean, he told me um, that milking kind of ties <laughs> you to a farm and that you're, you have to be there every morning and every evening. Yep. And there's no such thing as vacation. So, but that still right. leaves a lot of possibilities. So, uh, we found this place, the uh, five acres, and in my mind, everything was put together perfectly. And the barn would have little stalls built in, and they'd be cleaned out every day and would smell nice. And we might have to fix the fences, but we'd only have to fix them once, and then they would be beautiful, <laughs> right? I'm just laughing, thinking about my ideas about how this, you know, and we would have chickens and they would just run around and be chickens. Yeah. So we brought my grandma out to the acreage and uh, she looked around and she said, it's going to take you 20 years to get a handle on this place. I thought, 20 years? No way. We're young. We're strong. We're badasses. So, Yeah. 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 So that was 2002, and we're in 2023, and I am so behind my grandmother's schedule. (laughs) I still don't have a handle on it. I was going to say, do you have a handle on it now? Not really, no, because um, (laughs) 
so I decided that I wanted goats because I knew a horse would be too expensive. There and they're a handful. So goats, yeah. I thought manageable size. Yeah, I can do goat wrestling if I yeah. want to do something that they don't want, like getting hooves clipped. And um, yes, so we fixed fences, we fixed barns, we cleared land for vegetable gardens, and it is nuts. Not only how much work it is. But like I cleared out, I think about a quarter acre for vegetable garden. And did you know that after you clear blackberries that they like grow back? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and part of it is obviously that's what they do. They're plants. They just, they keep growing. But in my mind, you know, every right. task like fixing the fences was you fix the fences and then you have perfect fences. Not realizing that goats will finite. run their it bodies yeah. along the fence and tear them <laughs> down and bust them down and crawl under them and get their horns in there, like twist them open, pop through. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor had an electric fence and I thought, electric fence? Yeah, so we'll fix this with electric fence. And uh, then I found out that, no, they just jumped through the electric fence because they didn't really feel it. <laughs> And so my neighbor sprayed them with water so that they would feel it snap. And so the difference was they still jumped through the fence, but when they jumped through the fence, they went, that ah! <laughs> And they get snapped, and they were through. And <laughs> so... So, I'm the, sorry, I just have this <laughs> image of a yes. goat like leaping through the air with like sparks flying off the yes. fence and water shining off them, and them just going, eh! Yes, it's like, ow, that <laughs> the hurt. comic oh. image of like the goat going through the electric fence. Right? <laughs> so, I had to let go of the perfect dream farm. And what's hilarious is that uh, we had some neighbors come in and they poured in a ton of hard work and money. Yeah. And they have the perfect farm. Yeah. You, you look around, they have the clean stalls, they have the great fences. But I'm also aware that they haven't been here for 20 years and all that perfect stuff is going to have to be maintained. <laughs> right. And there's four yeah. of them. Yep. Yeah. So Rory and I are empty nesters <laughs> right now. And I'm like, where, where's my free labor <laughs> that I had earlier Wait, where, where, where I could send them <laughs> out and go pull tansy ragweed out of the field? Where's my free labor to, you know, yeah. go hold the goats <laughs> while I trim hooves, you know? But in a lot of ways, I love the farm more than the dream farm. Mm. Yeah. I like to work hard. I get a sense of connection. And I don't need artificial purpose. I don't need the hard work to make a connection. But the yeah. fact that the hard work is there. And suddenly yeah. I understand yeah. why generational so, farmers, they just, they, the farm is everything. It's everything. Yeah. Just the land, like the it's there is something very pure about working on the land, you know. Just that there's that that's enough. Yeah, and I think we a lot of us forget about something being enough, being enough, but also a part of you. 
you know, they, they talk about, you know, the blood and sweat that yeah. goes into a farm. And I read about those kinds of things. It was very romantic, but now that it's very real, I, I have literally sweated yeah. and bl- bled on this land and it connects you in a very spiritual way. And so then it becomes very difficult yeah. to do things like, well, eventually we're going to have to downsize and I have to think about, you know, what that's going to feel like leaving this behind, you know, and you get this sense of protectiveness. I've, I've spent so much time creating this place. My, my topsoil has gone from two inches deep to over a foot. Right. And someone who buys this place may not value that. Yeah. They may go, let's just seed this all for hay and, you know, or let's do, you know, a couple of houses in a shed and, you know, pull up all the roses because they're just in the way. And I have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you don't have to be okay with it because you won't be there. (laughs) You simply have (laughs) to be ready for it to become something else. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I won't be here, but I have to remember, you know, to resist the temptation that when we do sell the place, not to come back and see how things are going. Because, you know, the orchard might be gone. Yeah. The barn might be gone. Um, it might be something better than yeah. I could have ever envisioned, but, you know, it could also be something that I'm I'm sad, you know, to lose because it's not there exactly. anymore. Except it isn't in the memory. But. Yeah. So I love my little imperfect yeah. farm. I love I love the fact yeah. that I've got holes in the side and swallows that are making a mess in the barn and that the fences are not perfect, you know? Because yeah. each piece is something that I built and I didn't build it to be perfectly manicured. I built it to create something. You know, that's functional. Yeah. And beautiful to me. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. And such a funny, I love how, I just love how you shared at the beginning, you know, this idea of what a farm was. Right. You know, and then that, that progression, you know, obviously over a very long period of time. But I mean, I feel like owning a piece of property like that, you learn pretty quickly that it's not what you thought, what that vision was right away. But, um, okay, so for my listeners, will you tell me, because I couldn't find it before I hopped on today, what's the title of your book about owning your goats? Oh, it's House of Goats. And it's under a pseudonym, uh, Tammy Owen. And I often get asked, why a pseudonym? And it's because part of the inspiration for writing this book is that I love uh, James Harriet books. And part of reading more and more of his books and learning more and more about James Harriet, I found out that despite him using a pseudonym, people inundated the countryside looking for his place. Oh, how funny. And the chances of my book ever becoming a sensation are, are very, very small. But I needed to give that kind of layer of protection just in case. 
And yeah, um, just in case. And and I changed everybody's names and I kind of mushed up um, different details. And there's uh, when you're writing a memoir, there's a difference between writing the truth and writing what actually happened. You learn very quickly that um, what actually happened is fluid. You start thinking, well, it happened this way. And then you look back in photos and you go, oh, it wasn't that year. It was that year. And actually it was this animal, not that animal. So your memory is not perfectly reliable. And on top of it, um, sometimes what you get out of the experience is different than what the actual experience was without the personal spiritual connection. So writing House of Goats was more about writing what happened to me and what happened to us rather than having a perfect historical document where everything's accurate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, no, that makes... It would be almost impossible to be accurate. You'd think it right. It I mean, would unless be you easy. had unless you had documented it with the intention of doing that, like you know, even right. even then you would still have issues, but it would be easier if you you know right. had done that with the intention of it. But that wasn't how that was not how your life with goats started. So correct. correct. I just know that I loved that book. That is my favorite <laughs> book that you've written because oh, it made me laugh so hard, and <laughs> it also helped me convince Rob that we didn't want goats. Yes. <laughs> we have a neighbor. It's like you, you talk in that, you, you tell the story about the goats getting out and eating your neighbor's apple trees. Yes. And all I could think of when I was reading that book was the goats escaping and going over to our neighbor's multi-million dollar home with her incredible, incredible garden. And just... <laughs> eating her whole garden and and that that would be a very bad day for the goats and us. (laughs) She's a lovely neighbor, but she would not be happy to see goats eating her flowers. (laughs) And, and in the reverse side, you know, um, I had the neighbor's cow get out and go through my newly planted veggie garden. And I just had to keep my mouth shut. I, I had to look at the damage and go, Okay, um, I have to start over, and this part is undamaged, <laughs> so we're just going to go from there, because I've been on the other side of that. Uh, yeah, and right. and I know that they right. didn't let their cow didn't. out on purpose. I can't be mad right. at them. Yes, okay. the cow did not <laughs> escape. But yeah, exactly. Terribly, ah! terribly sad. <laughs> and escaping animals are just yeah part of owning livestock and that's another part in the dream farm animals never escape they stay where they belong and they don't destroy their stuff they just you know nicely graze in the field looking picturesque and then they return to the stable at night and they're just waiting for you and and it takes just they a few little sweeps. eat what they're supposed sweeps. to when they're told, you know. Right. Yes. It takes just a few sweeps of the groomer's brush, you know, to get them all nice and clean. And when the vet comes, the vet, you know, <laughs> if there's a sick animal, then you kind of look gravely at the animal and he gives them a, a bit of medicine and they get better. 
and and that's how the dream exactly. farm works. But the reality farm, <laughs> which gives you such a deeper experience, is also it, it consumes you. The highs are so high, and the lows are so desperately low. You know, something goes wrong with an animal, and you just get to the point where you're like, "I can't do this anymore." And then you'll have like a successful yeah. kidding and you'll have these baby goats springing in the sunshine. And you're like, this, this is so much better this. than, <laughs> this than is I, what I ever wanted. thought it would be. <laughs> this is, this is more than I wanted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's ours. Oh, but it. yes, you, nobody really it. wants okay. goats. <laughs> yeah. Really. Nobody really wants goats. thanks so much for listening to good life stories i hope you enjoyed this episode please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on spotify or apple podcasts to help others connect to us who do you know with a good life story i would love to hear from you Good Life Stories, creating connection one story at a time.